We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. The playoffs raging on. We've got a lot to break down there. We've got a lot of offseason stuff to talk about as well. Some plans in the works for the Hawks. James Harden's next contract. Zion's next contract. Lots to dive into today. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA on the Twitter machine. Keith, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I was feeling a little under the weather yesterday, so we're 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 back, though. We're we're back and uh and ready to go. We we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So where are we gonna well, start? Well, we need to start with not only are we back, but we're back twice today. Because tonight yeah, we are. tonight we're gonna be over on playback for Mavs versus Suns. We're gonna be doing the play by play for the Mavs Suns game two tonight. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So come join us. Use the link in the description below. Get in early. There is a cap on the room. Use the link in that description and come join us. You can watch the game directly with us. You don't have to watch it on your TV and then try to listen to us. No, you can watch the game with our stream and chat with Keith and I during the game. It's it's a lot of fun, so I encourage you guys to stop by. Again, use that link in the description. And we talk about all things, not just the game. We'll mm-hmm. talk about anything NBA. We we went on a couple Marvel tangents the other happen. day, so so that, that that'll probably happen again. And uh, yeah, we we had a lot of fun. Plus, this game's late, so there's a good chance you may see me fall asleep live on uh, <laughs> on air. This is uh, this this is getting late for me. I tend to sometimes if these games aren't interesting, I bail out of them and record them, and then watch them in the morning. So. Uh, but I'll do my best to hang in there. I'll pick up a coffee or something on the way home. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I picked the later games. I thought, okay, my <laughs> daughter will be in bed. Less chance that my wife will want to kill me if I if I do this that night. But, yeah. but then I got yep. to think about it. I'm like, oh, this is really, really late. Yeah. <laughs> so thank it's you, It's all Keith. good. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it work. All right, let's dive into the news that we've got for today. Well, I guess, actually, let's let's start with the playoffs. Let's start there. Uh, your Boston Celtics. Let, yeah. Let's might as well start with it. Bounce back in a big way against the Bucks. I still think this is just kind of my outsider sense. I don't think the Celtics are as bad as they looked in Game One. I don't think they're going to stay as red hot as they were in Game Two. I think that they'll probably settle somewhere in the middle-ish, and that's going to make for a really exciting series because I think that's going to be a very evenly matched thing. But for the Celtics, that was a big, big win in Game Two, and it was a must-win, as you said before the game. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't go down 2-0 going on the road. It's just, you're not going to win this series. Even if you force it to go a little longer than you thought, it's just going to be tough. So I, I kind of said to some folks earlier today, I feel like both teams feel they've accomplished something here as this shifts to Milwaukee three days from now on, on Saturday so because weird. there's three days off. Yeah, there's a concert in Milwaukee, I think, Thursday and Friday night. That was already scheduled, so they can't. What they're, is it? they're pushing the game back. I think it's something Hog Fest or Pig Fest or something, but it's really? Godsmack and somebody else. So oh. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. No, not not my scene music wise. I uh, I have pretty eclectic taste in music that has not advanced much past about uh, two thousand two. So um, anyway. They the Bucks split right. That's always your goal when you are the uh, team coming in uh, on the road in the first part of a series, and then the second part is the Celtics bounce back and look much better. And I think they cleaned up a lot of the things that were problems in Game One. They didn't turn it over as much. They were able to control Milwaukee in transition, which I think was really important. And then of course they made a million shots. Now they actually didn't shoot that poorly in Game One from three. They took a lot of threes, but thirty six percent is is not bad uh, as a team. And then they finished a little bit more at the rim. They, they took some mid-rangers, which is just the threat of those helps. But yeah, I think this is going to be a long, uh, interesting series. But I think a lot of the things Boston is doing are pretty sustainable. And you saw the Bucs, uh, Giannis and Drew Holiday, both looked exhausted at the end of game two. And I think that's because they're having to carry such a huge load on both ends of the floor, especially without Chris Middleton there. So I think that's that's one of the things, although the Celtics aren't like super deep, I think the fact that they're more balanced offensively is, is really helping them out. I thought it was interesting defensively that the Celtics weren't doubling Giannis on his drives most of the mm -hmm. time, which then shut down the, the kick out to outside shooters. You did see a lot yep. of Pat Connaughton ducking down into the dunkers spot in order to try to get, get free. We saw the Bucks kind of counter with that a little bit, but I thought it was interesting because I think you're right. By the end of the game, Giannis spent pretty much the entire second half playing one-on-one. -on -one. Just, I'm going yep. to the basket. And by the end of the game, he was pretty exhausted from having to be the guy to attack each and every possession, which on the surface you think, oh my gosh, it's Giannis. What are you doing defending him one-on-one? -on -one? He's going to torch you. He got his points, but you stopped a lot of other guys from, from getting there. So I thought that was an interesting decision by Emi Odoka and the, and the Celtics. Yeah, there was definitely a change because in game one, they doubled very yes. aggressively. Giannis had, I, I think it was 12 assists, but it was, it was a high number, um, mostly just kicking out. Now he had seven assists in this game and he's still going to get sure. assists because he has the ball so much and he is such an improved passer. But yeah, they held him to 11 to 27 shooting, mostly Al Horford and Grant Williams. Uh, when he got going a little bit was when they put uh, uh, Rob Williams on him. Uh, Rob doesn't have the strength nor kind of the, the, um, kind of the knack mm -hmm. uh, for defending him where, you know, Horford and Grant are both guys who they don't rely overly much on athleticism. So they know when to pull their hands back, when to kind of pull the chair on Giannis, when to body him up and those kind of things. So yeah, that, that's been, been huge for, for Boston is that they've been able to really defend him one-on-one -on -one because um, that's, changed a lot of things in in the second game it just the bucks didn't open up they only took 18 three-pointers mm -hmm. which is a very very low amount and they only made three of 18 as the celtics were all over those. yeah and again i think we're gonna see 
I would imagine the Bucks shoot a little bit better in game three. The Celtics probably shoot a little bit worse yeah. just because that's what regression to the mean is. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think we're going to be in for a very, very close game three in this one. I mean, we've seen uh, not complete blowouts, but two games where the victor was pretty, pretty clear. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're going to get a close game three, which is going to be exciting. Uh, yep. Marcus Smart back for game three. What are we thinking? Yeah, I think so. Um, it sounds like he clearly he's going to do everything he can to play. I think this three days off helps him. It also helps Jalen Brown. He was mm -hmm. dealing with the hamstring, yeah, uh, tightened up on him. Not, nothing that they're overly concerned about, but just, you know, it's tightened up on him at points. And, you know, he, he didn't look great down the stretch of that game. Heavy minutes for him. Uh, Ime Udoka, up until it got into garbage time, he only played seven mm -hmm. guys. So smart went out. Uh, and that was it. Did did not uh, replace him in the rotation. Just gave more minutes to Derek White, to Peyton Pritchard, to Graham Williams. Uh, all those guys played more minutes. So basically, their main seven guys. Everybody played between twenty four minutes. So um, Tatum forty three minutes is it's a lot, but it's not crazy amount. Um, he's been playing up, you know, just above forty for a while now. So I, I think all around this is, um, you know. They, they need smart back. Um, he'll do everything he can to get back, but that three days is going to be big for the Celtics to, to get, to get guys back. And then, you know, big for the bucks too, as far as just getting off their feet for a day or so and uh, getting their guys back. Cause they're only playing eight guys uh, per night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's going to be interesting to see what that does to the series, having this, this time off. I mean, Hey, you got to get a Godsmack concert in while you can. I, so I understand it. <laughs> Um, asking Alexandria will also be there. Three days grace is what I what I've seen. Some bands from the past that I recognize. But in any event, um, I, I, now we know what you were doing while I was. Oh talking. yeah, I was I was definitely well looking this up well because Godsmack piqued my interest. I'm like <laughs> I remember that band. I need I need to get a look at this. So I checked it <laughs> out. But um, but yeah, I am curious to see what happens here with injuries with how fresh Giannis is drew holiday what does this mean for the series this gives the bucks typically what you see is whoever loses the previous game that's the team that makes adjustments for the next game so like yeah. milwaukee didn't make a ton of adjustments in game two because they won game one now the celtics made adjustments now it's up to the bucks to make adjustments to those adjustments and then on and on you go so i'm curious to see what milwaukee comes up with over the next three days here before they have to see the celtics again yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going to have to do some different mm -hmm. stuff for sure. Um, I'm very curious to see how they approach it. I wonder if they, um, it, it you got to kind of go one way. It's either going to be a lot yeah. and really incorporate him in the offense or none at all and just go that direction. I, I lean towards more Brooklyn and really give Boston some troubles down inside. Um, I'd like to see them maybe even straight post him yeah. on occasion. Um, but I, I just don't think they've really let him uh, get um, they, they, they haven't utilized him. They're, they're, they're letting him off the hook a little bit by uh, cheating off Lopez and those kind of things. But yeah, I really think um, you know, there's, there's still a lot of stuff that can change uh, in this series. And I think that's going to be, you know, kind of fun to watch the next uh, you know, week and a half here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Let's jump over to the other series, uh, Warriors and Grizzlies. Well, the other series that we saw last night, Warriors and Grizzlies, fun game. John Morant goes nuclear, 47 points, eight rebounds, eight assists for him. Steph Curry does his thing with 27, nine and eight. 
uh, this was a battle back and forth, an emotional game. And I guess where we got to start really is what everybody's buzzing about, the Dylan Brooks foul. Uh, unfortunately, Gary Payton II sounds like a fractured elbow, and now he's going to be out mm -hmm. for, for some time. You, first of all, gutted for, for Gary Payton II. I mean, this he carved out a role for himself. He's been a journeyman for so long. It feels like he finally found a home. He's heading into free agency. And then to suffer this yep. injury now in the playoffs, absolutely terrible. Um, so first and foremost, feel awful, awful for him. From there, though, Dylan Brooks, Steve Kerr, not happy about it after the game. Even during the game, was yelling at, at the bench for for uh, for the Grizzlies, was not happy with Dylan Brooks, uh, believes it was a dirty play. Where do you, do you stand on that situation? That was a dirty play. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dylan Brooks made no attempt on the ball whatsoever uh, on a player in the air. And I, I, I don't want to hear the people where, oh, he was trying to block it. And he just, you know, came to, no, he didn't. He came in there with the intention of, I'm going to wipe this guy out. And maybe this makes me a terrible person. If he did it to Draymond Green, I'd understand a heck of a lot more. I would be like, well, you know, Draymond maybe brings it upon himself. But Gary Payton II had nothing to do with that play in game one where Draymond dropped Brandon Clark. Uh -huh. And and I just, you know, I, I think it's just complete, uh, you know, crap that Dylan Brooks went in and wiped him out. And now let's think of this, right? Immediate ramifications are, well, Payton wasn't there to defend John Morant, who went crazy yep. uh, down the stretch of this game. But beyond that, he's a free agent this summer. This is a guy who rel has made relatively no money uh, in the NBA, but was finally looking like he's in a place to cash in. But he's got a fractured left elbow, and he's left-handed. Mm -hmm. So this could be something where who knows what becomes of Gary Payton II's career now moving forward. And he's 29. So this isn't a guy who has, you know, a ton of years to, to get back. We saw Andrew Bogut after he messed up his elbow, he was never the same again, as far as being an offensive player. So I just, I, I hate stuff like this. It, it's not, there's no place for it. And I will say, I thought the Draymond play, and I think I said this on the show when we talked about it, I thought originally when I watched it live, I was like, oh, that seems excessive. When I saw the replays, I was like, no, that makes sense. Flagrant to uh -huh. get him out of there. Like, I, I totally got it. But initially, I felt like it was a little excessive. And, um, you know, and it's just, I, I don't know. I, I hate this stuff because even if Dylan Brooks gets suspended for game three, which is probably on the table, at least somewhat well, it has to be. Um, based off past precedent. Yeah. But then he's back in game four and he just moves along while Gary Payton the second season is clearly over and who knows what will become of his career. I just, it's, it's just not cool. I mean, it's just, there's no place for that. Yeah, I agree. I thought that it was, it was pretty rough. Uh, people have been saying, well, I, I've seen a lot of this take on Twitter, but what about Draymond? Or, what about, or they're upset that Steve Kerr was upset. People are, are angry that Steve, how dare he be upset when he's got Draymond on his team and, and all this kind of stuff. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't, I don't think that changes that one play. I don't think you go, oh man, that was a terrible foul by Dylan Brooks. Oh, oh wait, oh no, wait, wait, I forgot. The Warriors have Draymond Green, therefore it's okay. No, yeah. that's not Steve Kerr. No, he yeah. can be upset about that play. It's not like this. Like it's not. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. But you can still be upset about a dirty play, even if your team has been accused of, of some of those things in the mm-hmm. past. And I think the NBA handles it. Like Draymond Green got ejected, and some people have argued he shouldn't have been. Some people have said Draymond's foul was was not as bad as Dylan Brooks. Well, Dylan Brooks is probably going to get suspended for another game. So the NBA is going to address that the the severity of the foul. Um, I just, it, it was a terrible play. It's a bad look. It's not something that you want to see in the NBA. I am always fearful of airborne players getting hit uh, by the letter of the law. If you go to a guy's head, it's a flagrant two. And that's, and that's yep. it. And that's what we saw in the dream on play. And then the Dylan Brooks play, same thing. He went to the guy's head. Even if, even if, let's say he was trying to block the shot. It doesn't matter. He smacked him across the head with his arm People say, well, it's because he got because the guy got hurt. I don't think the injury has anything to do with it. I do think there are plays, offensive fouls, for example. You're not going to draw an offensive foul if you're a defender and you don't fall down. If you stay vertical, you're no. not getting that call. There's times where what yeah. happens after the foul matters, right? That That's true. But I don't think the injury to Gary the Payton II here made the decision in this situation. I think it was very clearly a flagrant two and had nothing to do with what happened after in terms of his fall and actually getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you just, you can't take guys out when they're in the air. It's just not going to end well. Someone's going to end up getting hurt. You know, whether it's seriously hurt, like Gary Payton the second was, it's, you know, briefly hurt, whatever it is. It's just not, 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 not okay. Um, moving on yes. to the game yeah, itself. Please. Um, John Moran, incredible down the stretch. The Warriors had no answer for him. They they, they don't have any. Clay Thompson's not that guy anymore. Uh, I think now we can clearly say because it used to be right, put Clay on the opposing mm-hmm. point guard and let him contain the guy and let him do his thing. Uh, I don't think he can do well, that. Right. I, part I just don't of that think is John is just an athletic freak, right? I mean, that, oh, that's part course. of the equation yeah. too. But I mean, Clay, they used to put him on Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They did say, True. you know, hey, go handle Kyrie. Like you, you, you got him. Uh, Chris Paul back in the day, uh, he was their main guy on James Harden at the peak of his powers. Like, it, but yeah, but in this situation, like it's, uh, you know, it's it's um, you know, it is when we get into this part of it here now. You're absolutely right, Jaw. Just you know, I don't know who's staying in front of him when he was kind of playing like he was last night where he, he was on a mission and he was, he was, he was not going to let the Grizzlies go down. Oh, two going on, going to San Francisco. So yeah, I mean, 47 points on uh, 15 to 31 shooting 12 to 13 on free throws, eight rebounds, eight assists. He had three steals. Uh, You know, Steph played well, but he didn't play that well, Um, you know, compared to, 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 uh, to Jaw, so yeah, now we get a series, and 
again, right, we talked about in the Boston-Milwaukee, you know, Byron, what's the Warriors' adjustment? Do they just go back to Jordan Poole in the starting group mm-hmm. now and say, all right, you know what, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll run up the offense and that's going to be the way we're going to go. Do they do they trim down their rotation a little bit? I thought Steve Kerr spent a lot of the night kind of searching for different stuff and some of it worked, some of them, some of it didn't. But yeah, I'm very curious to see what his adjustments are going into going into game three because I think the Grizzlies have kind of it sounds dumb to say it this way, but they found what works. It's throw it to Ja and get out of his way. Yeah, I mean, that, that really is it. Ja went, I mean, we talked about Giannis and him going ISO one-on-one a lot because that's what the Celtics were giving him. We saw Ja pretty mm-hmm. much do this. I mean, the fourth quarter, I mean, trust me, as somebody who was watching the betting lines and John Morant assist, which was set at eight and a half, I was watching this. He didn't pass. He did not pass hardly nope. at all in the nope. in the fourth quarter. It was Ja going, putting his head down, going to the basket, play after play after play, yep. and they couldn't stop him. Again, yep. it's not like he was a chucker here. It, fantastic efficiency, 15 of 31 shooting, 12 of 13 from the free throw line, 47 points. That's great. That's great. You will take that all day, every day. Even 5 of 12 from 3, that's just incredible volume, and the Grizzlies needed this. Look, I think Desmond Bain isn't right. I think there's something going on there. He's been he's got mm-hmm. dealing with some injury issues. I don't think he's right. Five points, six boards out of Des Bain tells you that, that he's probably not quite a hundred percent. Yeah, he's good back back yeah. thing, and you I think you can yeah, see it. Yeah, it's that's pretty clear. And uh, and Job ja picked up, and Job ja just said, "No, we're not losing this game." Yep. Last thing I want to mention on this, Jaron Jackson Jr. My goodness, man, fouled out again, again. He fouled out of a game. Two blocks, seven yep. boards, three of fourteen shooting. They. They need him. They need him out mm-hmm. there on the floor in this series. You've got to figure out a way to not get yourself in, in foul trouble like this, particularly picking up the silly ones. Um, he's got to find a way to stay on the floor. Yeah. Uh, my, so I'll give a thought on that, and then I have two other things. Um, on the Jaron Jackson Jr. part, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the potential to be a destructive defensive force, mm-hmm. but not when you're spending half of every game on the bench in foul trouble. And then you're falling out of these games. Like it just doesn't work that way. You can't be a foul machine and be, you know, a top tier defensive player. It just, you know, you have to be out there, um, you know, and that's that's going to cost them in, in these games when he's not on the floor because they're not going to have somebody out there, especially you know when they're not playing Stephen Adams and uh, Clark was good, you know. But he wasn't as good as Jaron Jackson Jr. So, and it's just the dumb fouls. It's the one when he's seventy feet from the basket yeah. for no reason. He's reaching in in the backcourt and stuff like that. Those are the ones I can't take. Uh, two two other things. Super up tempo game. Yes. Warriors took ninety five shots. Grizzlies took ninety one. Uh, neither team shot it very well. Golden State. We were talking about shooting balancing out. Seven for thirty eight from three. Eighteen percent. Not going to see that again. That's that's not going to happen probably again in this series. And then the last thing um, on the Memphis side, Zaire Williams stepping up. Uh, the rookie had a really nice game, 14 points. Thought he did a good job as he was a big part of uh, covering for Dylan Brooks getting ejected and then helping to cover for uh, Jackson uh, getting in the foul trouble and stuff to the point where they went with him over Kyle Anderson for uh, stretches of the game, and I thought it was the right call. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the I think – when I look at this and I see that three-point percentage that you mentioned from the Warriors, it makes me feel like our initial impression of this probably isn't wrong. I still think the Warriors take this series. But this was a heck of a performance by, by John Moran. 
no less. Yeah. Despite despite Agreed. LeBron James feeling like us dweebs in NBA media have somehow offended <laughs> offended John Morant by giving him the most improved player award. At least that was what I took. Yeah, I didn't understand from that, that. That tweet. But regardless, I don't want to derail us there. Yeah, I have no no comment on that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Hey, let's talk real quick. Heat Sixers. Yes. Um, because we we didn't record yesterday, so let's let's talk about that one a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Sixers fans are gonna lose their mind uh-huh. if uh, DeAndre Jordan is out there for another uh, seventeen Dom, minutes Dom again. Said he was going to. Uh, he's gonna be out there now. He could that could be gamesmanship, I, but <laughs> yeah. And I I kind of understand the idea of like where else do you want him to go? Paul Reed has been good. But he had five fouls in 13 minutes. He's just, you know, he's not. I mean, I don't know how much more he he can play um, without, uh, you know, fouling out um, there. And Millsap's clearly not the answer. He looks, you know, completely cooked. And then, um, you know, I would maybe go George Niang, some small ball. But he was 0 for 7 from the field, all three pointers. Um, He he struggled in in that one as well. So I think that's, uh, you know, a little bit of a challenge there. And then I think – you know, on the Miami side, they kind of got away with one. Kyle Lowry didn't play. He's not going to play in game two. Mm-hmm. Starting to get a little nervous that this hamstring issue he's yeah. dealing with is uh, a lot more serious than they've let on. But Jimmy Butler was awful in this game. I didn't think he played particularly well. Um, they really didn't shoot it very well at all. I think, yeah, nine for 36 from three. Tyler Hero was really the only guy who could find the range. Sixth man of um, the year, all. Tyler Hero. Yeah, sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero. Well deserved. Absolutely. He was yeah, our pick. It was my pick. Yep. Yep. Um, and then uh, Duncan Robinson, no minutes, didn't play um, at all in this one. So I kind of wonder if that'll maybe be a change, especially if the shooting is continuing to struggle uh, a little bit there. So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, with that one, uh, I don't know if you've got anything to add on. Uh, six well, or I, I think we can use this to springboard into one of our topics, which is that our, our news topics, which is the, the word that James Harden might take less than a max deal from the 76ers. If I'm the 76ers and I believe that James Harden simply is what we've seen lately from him, if this is just what you think he is moving forward, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely, I'm insisting on on paying him less yeah. than the max. Maybe he demands the max. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but he doesn't look like he doesn't look like James Harden. Doesn't look like superstar level James Harden. And if that's it, maybe that's just where he's at. No. If that's the case, then I think it would be very wise of the 76ers to not give him that max money. All right, so maybe you've seen this. Let's say he does insist on the five-year uh-huh. max. In the fifth year, oh, God. which would be in 26-27, he'd be 37 years old, which already that's like, uh-huh. holy crap. Like that's almost and and he's not like LeBron How much money? a million dollars a year on his body. No. Yeah. Do you, do you know how much he'd make in that final I, season? I don't. Off, off the top of my head, let me say 60. 61.4 million. Oh, that's pretty close. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can Man. you imagine, though? Now, like, you the, can't. The, the new TV deal would be in by that point, so maybe the cap goes up, but it's still... But oh even then, like, that's, that's still and, a lot of money. And, and I'm, I'm not uh, saying this as like a knock on uh, Philly, but you'd have Joel Embiid on the books at 54 million that year uh, uh projected so you're talking 115 million for two guys cap's not going up that much <laughs> it's going up but it's not it's not going up uh 
you know, to 200 or 300 million or anything. So there's, there's teams right now with, with payrolls for their whole team that are less than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the Thunder's whole team salary this year was $90 million. Oh, I'm sorry. $80 million. <laughs> so yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. If, if this is if this is what James Harden is, and, and look, maybe he does take less than the max, and then and then off you go. How much less? We we don't know. But if this is what James like, this is the moment, right? Joel Embiid is out. Time for your other star to step up. Yep. If James Harden just continues to perform what we've seen at the level that we've seen, Philly's done. I mean, like you said, Miami didn't play that well, and won. What happens if Miami's playing well? Unless James Harden really gets going, this series is going to be short-lived. Or Joel Embiid comes back, yeah. you know, bursts through yeah. the wall like, I don't know, Superman or... The Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid Man. Kool- I know, I thought of Kool-Aid Man instantly, <laughs> instantly but I'm like, well, I don't know if that Ooh, works. Yeah. But in any event... <laughs> and, oh, Tune in tonight on playback for more of uh, wonderful Kool-Aid Man content. <laughs> I have completely lost my point at this at this stage now. <laughs> uh, oh, if, okay. If, I didn't think I'd throw you that much. If, if Joel, well, I'm I'm picturing in my mind's eye Joel Embiid <laughs> bursting through a wall, and then the Kool Aid Man's voice coming out of out of him, and it's just it's it's quite an image. Um, Love it's it. combination. <laughs> but Joel Embiid, if he doesn't come back, which maybe he does, but if he doesn't come back and play at a very high level. This year, I mean, we favored the Heat coming into this thing. Then this series would be would be done, done. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now I'm picturing. <laughs> they should do that in Philly for game three if he can play. Like, put a wall and have him crash through and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like it'd be so good or do it uh they do the ring in the bell like have them crash through and ring the they bell do the, like I'm, I'm all not nah, now the I'm michael scott right. the, who is it who is <laughs> yeah <it? laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then he can't even that's punch right. through it that's right <laughs> uh, that's so good all right sons uh yeah. mavs catching up on this one um i, I don't have a ton on this except you know, luca was Ooh. great they didn't have a real answer for him uh, for most of the night, but he, he needs more than Maxi Kleba yeah. uh, hitting some jump shots around him. Just they, they got to get something else going. I've seen some people say, well, it's really hard when he takes 30 shots. He had five turnovers. He also had eight assists. So that's, you know, 43 plays where he uh, effectively ended the play one way or another. So that's, 
that, that's tough. You know, for 43 plays out of, you know, let's call it roughly, you know, a hundred ish possessions um, in the game. So that's that little tricky right there. So I think that is, um, you know, they, I get that part of it, but they just need somebody else to step forward. But the Suns, you know, even though Lucas scored 45, they made him work for it. They, they threw yeah. a host of different defenders at, at him. Uh, they kind of did what they did. Now I'm going to go back to something I said, you know, months and months ago. You want to beat Phoenix, you better do it in the first 43 minutes because you are not doing it in the last five minutes. You're just not going to beat them. They're, they're too good. Everybody knows exactly who they are. And Chris Paul, whether it's him dribbling into his elbow jumper, uh, getting DeAndre Ayton something going towards the basket, he was a monster in this game, really dominant, um, or getting it to, to Devin Booker for jump shots. It's so big. And then Booker's uns selfishness and willingness to give the ball up to guys um, and make that extra pass. That's huge too. So, I mean, this, this Suns team is just so well put together. It's just going to be really, really hard uh, to see Dallas beating them. Yeah. I mean, look, Jalen Brunson had a bit of a dud game and that's mm-hmm. all that it's, I mean, the margin for error, it just, it doesn't exist for the Mavs. You know, if they, yep. they want to win games, they need to get a top performance out of just about everybody yep. out there in order to get the job done. And we'll talk a lot more about yep. that when we do our play by play tonight. Again, use that link in the description below over on playback. Uh, let's jump into some news. Let's start with this Zion Williamson. Word is that the Pelicans would not like to give him a full, fully guaranteed five-year contract. So does that mean five years? And then what we're talking about, what we've been talking about, some protections in there for the Pelicans in the event of injury, that makes some sense. It'd be interesting to see what Zion ultimately signs. But, I mean, when this news came out, I went, yeah, sounds sounds about right. If I'm the Pelicans, that's that's what I would like yep. to do as well. Yeah, I wrote this for Spot Track. If anybody wants to go find it, it's a it's the complicated case of Zion's uh, contract extension. Mm-hmm. And the reason I called it that was because of the injury concerns for him. Um, the good news is it now sounds like he, to as much as we can believe any player when they say this, he wants to be in New Orleans. So I think mm-hmm. that's great, right? So we can we can kind of move off of that part of the storyline. But the challenge is. The, the extension so he's got one more year on his rookie deal and then the extension would kick in that's third it's projected at just over 32 million for that season so that's five years 185.7 million if zion if you could tell me right now today zion will play 65 to 70 games a year on that deal done sure sign it finished i don't even care yeah. i don't even care that he misses 12 to 20 games per season i don't it doesn't he does not matter to me that's how good he was when he was fully healthy problem is are you gonna get five even half seasons out of this that's what you don't know and i think that's where the problem comes in um i expect it to at a minimum look like the Michael Porter Jr. deal Mm -hmm. where the final year has a bunch of non-guaranteed money in it and it can be triggered by games played and performance and uh, type things and awards and all that sort of stuff. But I think I would try to really push if I was New Orleans to make it a lot more like the uh, Joel Embiid where I could get out of it after a year or two um, with limited um, liability moving forward. Um, It would mean fully waiving him. But that's kind of the trade-off, right? If I want out of it, then if I'm him, I want full freedom. If you're going to let me go and let me go somewhere else and figure it out from there. But it's it, this one is this is the extension uh, conversation of this rookie class to watch, just because we, we since Embiid we haven't seen anything like this. Yeah, I agreed. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, I again, the challenge is this: if Zion was on the free agent market. 
how many teams would give him fully guaranteed as many years as they can? Uh, I mean, a lot, and right? I mean, so that's, right. that's the challenge, right? If you're Zion and you're yeah. looking and you're not a free agent, but you're, if you're looking around and you're saying, well, you guys aren't willing to do this, but these 10 teams will. So you need to up the offer here. I want more mm-hmm. guaranteed. That's, that's the tough spot that the Pelicans could find themselves put in because this isn't just a, does, does Zion deserve to have a partially non-guaranteed deal or should there be stuff built into a contract in order to protect the Pelicans? Sure, ideally, for the Pelicans, that, that makes sense. But in order to get a talent like Zion, there's teams who would take that risk. And so that's the challenge is you're competing with that, with that factor in the, in the marketplace. No, absolutely. You know, that, that is, you know, great point because, because that, that is what it becomes is, you know, it's not just about what does the Pelicans want to pay him. It's about what else can he get? Um, I still don't think he's a real threat to sign the qualifying yeah. offer uh, as a free agent and just say, you know, I'm going to play out. It would, would have to go really sideways uh, for both parties involved for that to happen. My guess is they would trade him uh, before that would ever happen. And they, they let, let it kind of be somebody else's issue to resign him before they'd let it get to there. But yeah, I mean, this is the one, you know, when, once we get to July 1st and, you know, extensions are allowed. Now, it's important to remember rookie scale extensions tend to happen a little later in the process because you have up until the start of the season. Um, so I don't, no one should freak out if, you know, we're on July 1st and there's no extension news for Zion Williamson because the Pelicans are going to have other things to take care of first. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So uh, you should, you say that, but people will. Oh, of it's, course. It, it's going to happen. It, that's that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes, right? Yes. We, I mean, we, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's be, I've already had people ask, like, you know, hey, why is this not done? And it's like, well, it's not even allowed yet. So, like, <laughs> let's, let's breathe, you know, on this one. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get to July 1st. And it's like, why do we not have a Zion deal yet? Yeah. Uh, Quinn Snyder is having hip replacement surgery. I don't know what that is going to mean for where he lands as a, as a head coach. Does that delay the process or anything like that? But he's having hip replacement surgery. The question is, will he want to replace the jazz in his life as well? We'll see. Well done. Well yeah. done, sir. Thank you. Well, my thought was going to be, I mean, that puts him perfectly to go to the Lakers because they like a lot oh of my gosh. people with hip no. problems. So, yeah. <laughs> I walked into that. Right? Oh, That's it. Yes, you did. I yes, fell you into did. the trap. <laughs> hey, let's stick there for a minute. Yeah. The Lakers coaching targets. Masai Ujiri did <laughs> not happen with Nick Nurse. Uh, you know, he, he uh, p- politely but not so politely said, yeah. uh, you know, keep dreaming on yes. that one. Um, the exact quote was, no team has contacted me and I see all the stuff you see. Uh, I dream like they dream. I want Messi. I want Ronaldo. I want Kobe Bryant so they can keep dreaming. I dream too. So. I mean, and this is what we've been saying from day one, where I mean, sure, the Lakers can yeah. have interest. Like, of course, they should have interest, right? But yeah. that doesn't, oh, yeah. doesn't mean it's yep. something that's going to to happen. Yeah. And I had people ask me about, like, hey, well, you know, the Clippers traded for Doc Rivers. That was something that the NBA was not a big fan of. Oh. Um, they they didn't really like the way that went down because there's no 
there's no real like governance around coaches to being traded right. um, but with, with that. So that was something that they kind of let be like, hey, this is we're going to approve this as a one time transaction. But this isn't really how we want to do business here. Um, and if you remember, they also barred the Clippers then from acquiring Kevin Garnett or Paul Pierce or any of those other guys oh, um, right. for a year after that. So that was very much a unique situation where the Celtics said, yeah, go, because he doesn't want to be here part of our kicking off our rebuild. And uh, yeah, so that was a little bit of a messy situation, but just something to you know keep in mind. Coach trades are not really a thing, even though it did happen in the somewhat recent past. Sure, I mean it, it's a th- it has happened, but don't expect it to happen again. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Spurs are going to play four home games per year outside of San Antonio, including yep. some in Mexico. So that's yeah. This is kind of an interesting story ish because. The Spurs are basically saying like, hey, we want to build our market outside of just San Antonio. We we want to um, play four games. They're talking about playing in Austin mm-hmm. and in other places in Texas. And then, yeah, and then they, they want to play in uh, Mexico City, uh, in Monterey, Mexico, um, it sounds like. So so they, they what it was was their agreement with the county where they play. Um, I think it's Bexar County. I, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but if it is um, – that that's what it was, was that they could play two. Um, they upped it to four and they did get approval to do that. Now, there's no sense that the Spurs are looking to move or anything like that. They um, they just committed to spending, I think they're building a $500 million uh, practice and uh, performance facility um, in the area. So that that's highly unlikely they'd be investing that kind of money uh, there. And um, R.C. Buford basically said, hey, this is our chance to really kind of own this whole uh, market here. So you know, good, good on the Spurs for trying to make inroads elsewhere. We know the NBA as a whole is focused on trying to expand into Mexico and then into Latin America and eventually to South America. That's that's their kind of goal mm-hmm. as they've already you know, made pretty good inroads into China, Asia, and Africa. Yeah, and I, I, I've I seen from doing our shows, doing our live shows, all of that, I've seen how many people are coming in from international marketplaces. It's amazing. Yeah. And, it's, and just from doing you know our yeah. Lakers Nation live shows for the last like five, six years, whatever it's been, I've even, even in that short time, I've seen a growth in that area where we're getting more mm-hmm. and more interest coming in from overseas. It's absolutely amazing the way the NBA yep. is truly becoming a global game. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I got to admit. Yeah, I, I think it's great. You know, I, I, I draw the line with the idea of teams playing in Europe, um, like having the, a team in England and France, just the travel. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, it would be such a nightmare to, it, it's, it's I know the people who fire back to me like, well, it's not really a longer flight for from Boston and New York to London than it is from Boston, New York to L.A. And you're correct. But L.A. to London, that's insane. Yeah. Like to go play like that's that gets a little too far. But, you know, hey, if you can have divisions and then maybe down the line we could do, you know, maybe way down the line when we're old men and we're doing this, you know, still um, and we're still invoking the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Maybe we'll have uh Maybe we'll have some form of Champions League and a true kind of world sure. championship or something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, I would volunteer the Celtics and the Knicks to go play in in London. That's, <laughs> I, you know, that's fine. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but, sure. But yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't see that. A game. Something. Well, 
And that's, yeah. I mean, like the NFL goes over there. They have a few games mm-hmm. happening. Uh, what is it? I think the yeah. Packers and the Saints are going to play over there this year. There's another game. Yeah, too. there's games. There's, a, couple there's games. a game in Germany, I think, yeah. they just announced too this year. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff uh, with the NFL. Everybody's getting back in. And then the NBA um, had announced they, they were looking to play in preseason games. And I, I think it was in Dubai. Um, oh, yeah. they, they'd announced some preseason games that were going to come. We know they played in uh, both China and Japan in the past. Um, Australia has really pushed hard. Yes. They'd love to get you know games there. That they, they obviously love basketball there as well. So, yeah, I, I think all around this is good stuff. It's just to go play a game, like one or two games, preseason especially, not a big deal. NFL also not a huge deal because you're there. You go for the week, kind of do your thing, and then you come back. They always give them a week after off. You know, the NBA, it's a little harder. I mean, we saw the last international game uh, pre-COVID was in France, if I remember correctly. Charlotte played, I want to say it was maybe Indiana, and they both had like four days off leading up to it, and then I think it was four days off on the back end as well. So that's that's hard to just fit into an NBA schedule for, you know, a game. Some challenges, for sure. Um, Kyrie Irving wondered during the season whether the Nets would trade him or release him. That's something that was that was on his mind. There was a lot of talk about that too. A yeah. lot of people were kind of saying, "Would the Nets be better off just kind of moving on from Kyrie? See, see if you could trade him to a team where he can play home games. Is that something they should have done, or do you just mm-hmm. release him if you say, you know what, you're not helping the team, so see you later?" Um, interesting that that Kyrie had had considered that as well. Yeah, I think the podcast is called Et Cetera's with Kevin Durant. Um, Kyrie was on there and, um, you know, he opened up about a lot of stuff. And uh, I thought that was an interesting look into it because there's this sense with Kyrie that he's this guy who just doesn't care uh-huh. about things. And clearly he does. You know, they, I think there are things he very much cares about and is very passionate about. And, and I think uh, it was an interesting insight into you know him basically saying, like, I didn't even know if I was still going to be on on this team or not. And then he also mentioned, you know, Hey, I never felt like myself because normally I'm building on things as the year goes. Mm-hmm. And I was playing catch up with everybody, you know, all season long. So, you know, and I, I don't know that he's looking for anyone to feel bad for him or sympathetic or anything like that. But I mean, it's just, you know, good, good on him for being open and honest about where he's feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we do have, looks like we've got one more, one more topic here. And that is uh, Travis Schlank. Says the Hawks are going to try to upgrade the roster. Felt that the maybe they, uh, you know, running things back last year was not the correct decision. So that means the Hawks add them to the list of teams that'll be pretty active this summer and looking to make some changes. I think this was a disappointing season for Atlanta mm-hmm. and one that they don't want to repeat. So I do think change is coming. Exactly what that's going to look like, I'm not sure. We've talked about the value of wings around the NBA, and the Hawks certainly have some of those that they could part ways with, but will be interesting to see ultimately who they go after and what they're able to accomplish. But uh looks like they're going to be a mover and shaker this summer. Yeah, after spending a ton of money in the offseason of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, 2021 offseason, the Hawks added basically Gorgie Jang, DeLon Wright, and then uh, Timothy Luwawu Cabarro made it uh, out of training camp onto the roster. Uh, they drafted Jalen Johnson, and then in season they traded Cam Reddish for Kevin Knox, and that was it. They, they they basically stuck with grouping that took them to the East Finals the year before. Now, um, that sounds good until they weren't very good this year. And that's right. kind of the, the classic, you know, all right, now, now what you have to figure out is what year was real, right? Was it the 
East Finals run? Was that more real? Um, or, or was it this past year? They've got a lot of money committed moving forward uh, over the, at least the next couple of seasons. You've got uh, Bogdanovich, Capella, Collins, uh, Kevin Herter, and Trey Young are all signed long-term. Uh, and then you've got uh, DeAndre Hunter with one more year. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, he's got a partially guaranteed contract. Might, something's going to have to give there um, because he, I don't know how you can bring him back at $5 million. Because with Trey Young's extension kicking in, they're $14 million over the um, the luxury tax going into next season. And that's with a handful of roster spots to fill too. So, some work to be done for sure for Travis Link and that Hawks roster. And I, I think, and we've been talking about this, and this was the case. It was the case last summer as well. We're going to see, I think, a lot of trade activity this summer, and part of that is just yeah. the free agent class is not. It's just it's not that deep. There's not that much out there. Uh, if you look at, it's funny if you look at the lists, and I love Spot Track for this because you look at free agency and you go, oh, there's some DeAndre Ayton, man. That, okay, there's some names out there. Oh wait. Click that little box. Let me let me remove all the yep. restricted guys. Oh, now I see <laughs> yep. what's really out there, and that's when you when you know that yeah, it's, it's, there's not much out there on the market. So for a team like the Hawks, any other team that's looking to make big moves, you're gonna have to do it on the trade market. Which means I think we're gonna get a lot going on pre-draft. That's when the trade market tends to really heat up, and then we'll get yep. that happening all the way through probably mid-July. I think it's going to be a really exciting time in the NBA. We're going to see a lot of action going on, which is my long-winded way of saying subscribe to the NBA Front (laughs) front Office Show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as the uh, Apple Podcast feed as well. Spotify, if that's where you you listen to your podcast and give us that rating and review. We sure do uh, appreciate it. Without a doubt, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll add to that too. There's teams holding multiple draft picks in this draft that might want to move up down out entirely. I I think we're going to see a lot of movement at the draft pending the lottery results, which is now only a couple weeks away. We're going to get the draft lottery. So that'll be a lot of fun too, to, to be monitoring and watching uh, with that. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be an awesome off season. So stick with us and we're going to cover it all. But tonight, Playback. That's right. Uh, you can find the link in the video description. We're going to be covering the uh, Suns Mavericks game two of their series, but it'll be more than just Suns Mavericks because uh, when we go into uh, commercials and halftime and all that, we go into question and answer mode. Uh, we'll do some questions throughout the game as well. Um, and, you know, we're really kind of anything. So we have a lot of fun uh, with that. So by all means, hopefully you guys will check us out over on Playback tonight, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern for uh, Suns Mavericks game two. That's right. And find the link in the description below over on youtube if you're listening to the podcast version of this we'll go check out our youtube channel we'll put it on our social media feeds on twitter as well so you can find the link there and uh and come join us tonight it's going to be a lot of fun all right everybody that does it for today appreciate everyone for joining us make sure you do subscribe again right here to the nba front office youtube channel turn on those notifications Till next time everybody we'll see ya well we'll see you tonight hopefully and stay safe Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.